So welcome to another episode of Stories from a Bar. I'm your host, Chris Osborne, and I am hanging out with Jesse Summer, one of the founders of New Scotland Spirits, and Rebecca Miller, who operates Lime Kiln Farm. Is that correct? That's correct. Awesome. How are you guys? Really happy to be here. Thank you so much for getting <laughs> us to schlep out to uh, Schenectady, which is like our home field territory, since what we're at some point going to taste was actually bottled and labeled at Ken Gibbons Schenectady Distilling Company right up the street from you. I'm excited. We got four different whiskeys here that we're going to dive into tasting wise. But first and foremost, I can't thank you guys for taking the, enough for taking the time to actually come to me. <laughs> And not only do that, bring booze. So, <laughs> well, thank you for having yeah. us. It's actually easy. Like when we were trying to figure out what's like a good place for us to do this. The right now we do not yet have a tasting room or our own location, and so really the options were going to be like a potentially noisy farm where uh, Rebecca's children probably would have an equal amount of time at the mic. They would have insisted on it. <laughs> Uh, or, you know, probably, you know, some other place where we wouldn't be able to have like a nice spot where we can actually sit down and make ourselves at home. So this actually worked out really well for us. Awesome. I'm excited to finally get together. I think you messaged me, emailed me for the first time, maybe like a year and a half ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it was like 18 months ago. I heard, I don't remember even the first episode that I heard, but uh, I think we I did reach out because, you know, just the, the nature of your interest as you know, put on this podcast was like perfectly in line with what we were trying to put out. Oh yeah, I mean, I it's one of the reasons I started this. I besides loving drinking <laughs> recreationally <laughs> and safely, I'll just say that uh, is you know to help promote the local small businesses and stuff because just because there's so many great breweries and distilleries have been popping up left and right now too. Yeah, and the the other thing I'll just say is because this is actually one way where. Rebecca and me and the other six people that we went from K through 12 with who are now part of this company. The other thing about this, this enterprise is it's a real focus on the farm because everyone and their mother has a distillery at this point or a brewery right now Mm -hmm. or whatnot. But what's really cool about what we're doing here is retooling the operational environment of Lime Kiln Farm in the town of New Scotland to essentially be the source for the grains that we distill these, these whiskeys out of. I mean, and that's, that's, I think why we're kind of so proud about, about this, you know, it's like Rebecca's the proprietor of a, I guess your, your kids are like fifth generation. They'll be the fifth generation millers wow. to be farming that area. Wow. And I will definitely be talking about the farm. Cause I didn't know anything about it until I started looking up notes for this. And I was imp- just, the story was really cool. So the original people that started it came from Tuscany, I think, right? You know what's possible? Lime Kiln Farm. There's another Lime Kiln Farm. I'm gonna edit that out. No, you don't even need to. You know what's funny? Like that you don't even need you don't even need to edit that out because it's actually good to acknowledge that like there's another Lime Kiln Farm out there. Is there? Well, that's embarrassing for me. They have no, you know what? We were literally just talking about this. City transplants from New York City. They purchased it, um, and moved up. Was it called Lime Kiln Farm before? I don't know. So the crazy thing is that Rebecca has the trademark to the brand Lime Kiln Farm, but they've got the web presence. And they it, do. It just goes to show that's what happened. Interesting. You know, like you did the exact right due diligence. You did. But it does mean that we probably need to sit down and figure out like what how how do we essentially establish this as like the Lime Kiln Farm that 
preceded all other Lime Kiln farms. Well, we do have the historical sign. That's right. Yeah, she went and got a, you know, the, the New Scotland Historical Association to, to uh, I guess it's like through a state program. It's through the, the Pomeroy Foundation. Okay. Grant, it's a grant program. Interesting. Hmm. Is that... to apply? Yeah, to, right. And then there's like a state committee or something. And, yes. Wow. Yeah, so there's like, that area, New Scotland, is a very historic town. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like very ancient, old, or whatever. And, and so um, it's cool that we've kind of tapped into that. Awesome. Oh, by the way, I was not, I know when we were emailing back and forth trying to set this up, I was not ignoring you. <laughs> when you're somehow your emails started going to my spam folder, which was weird since they had come through fine before. Yeah, well, the good news for me is that I'm pathologically persistent. <laughs> so I would have, you know, I would have, I would have tracked your home address down at some point. Yeah, I'm like, it, it, just weird because we had no problem. And then you, you're like, hey, haven't heard from you in a while or something through like the Facebook. I'm like, that's like, I emailed like three weeks ago. What happened? And then I just looked in the spam folder one day. I'm like, holy shit. Probably because I've been spamming so many people. Maybe. <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you build there a There you go. It is. Be as annoying as possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and look, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> this is a first for me. I haven't had live people over to record an episode at my house. I usually, when I've done it from home, it's usually been on Zoom. So this is the, I'm excited. So this, because I don't drink liquor or whiskeys or anything like that a lot. So when this goes sideways for me... <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I don't. I don't have to go for it. All you have to do is walk to your bedroom. That's right. That's right. Um, in fact, and that actually might even be a good segue because that's the benefit of be of us being all together live, is that we can show you, you know, this this whiskey in person. We don't have to contrive it over Zoom. Exactly. Um, and if you don't mind, actually, yeah. Let me let me hand you yeah. that. Let's go ahead and we got four here to taste. So here, let's go ahead and pour, yeah. Rebecca. So I'll tell you what. Actually, when you're going through this, what we're starting off first, I'll detail the whiskey. If you'll detail a little bit about wheat. So this is our 100% wheat whiskey. Okay. It's distilled from only one grain and it's aged five years at 82 proof. And uh, this actually, before you even talk about like grain, actually, because I've never really asked you this, when you taste, when you taste these different spirits, are you able to identify like a, a grain taste that you can associate with the grain that you just pull out of the ground? You can. Really? But, um, and we were going to do it at the tasting on the 19th. We're actually going to bring whole grains there. And you can taste the grain when it comes, when we harvest it. It doesn't taste like you would expect it to taste. But once you've tasted the way that the grain tastes, like for instance with rye, doesn't taste like rye bread. Really? No. It's not. Doesn't have that like spicy no. taste. No. What does it taste like? It tastes like rye. Oh, I'm glad we're doing this. <laughs> glad, glad we're doing it this tastes tasting. like field rye. It, so it's different. So a lot. Of, I I think it would be beneficial to do a tasting with the grain and then taste the spirit. Oh my god, we got to do that. We're going to on the nineteenth. <laughs> That's it, Rebecca. Bye. Uh, all right. Oh, so right. here you've got a tiny little bit here. Yes. And before we even do this. And unfortunately, Rebecca has heard this part of the spiel 50 times, but it's always good. There'll be another 50 times, too. Exactly. Way more than that. (laughs) So when you drink whiskey, keep in mind that there is a a way to do it such that it can be an enjoyable experience. Mm -hmm. And the way that most people drink alcohol is because they're looking to get drunk, they're mainlining it, right? Hard liquor. What you have to do is this little 
we just put a tiny little bit. This is probably what probably a quarter of a quarter of a shot here, right? A quarter of an ounce. Mm-hmm. And all you're gonna do is sniff it first, and then hold your breath when you take a taste. And the reason being that you don't want those fumes, that acetone, to burn your esophagus. And so what you do is you sniff first, and with that breath held, then you just tip a little bit back onto the front of your lips. And when you do it like that, and you can have it volatilize in your mouth without it going directly to your esophagus yet, you actually get to experience oh, yeah. the flavors. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And those flavors are, I guess, twofold. One is, as Rebecca's indicating, it's the grain. You know, like you'll be able to see a difference between the grain in each of our our whiskeys. Mm -hmm. And then it's also the barrel. And that's why when you age it for as long as we age it, half a decade, five years, those or that organic matter, right? The way we burn the inside of the barrel and we caramelize the starches into sugars for five years, this alcohol is mellowing in that, that oak and getting that sweeter taste. It's actually going into the wood of the oak and coming back out. Oh, so yeah. That's where you're getting that flavor from. And then breweries love to use those barrels for their That's beer, right, because right? it's got it's been yep. saturated with, with whiskey and bourbon. But that yeah. you make a really good point that, that sometimes people overlook. One of the reasons... So our bourbon, everyone loves our bourbon. And you're about to taste it, and it's Rebecca's favorite, and... <laughs> She's she like you know she's undermining my entire effort to to position us as a rye whiskey company. <laughs> That's because that bourbon is a bourbon for people that don't like bourbon. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So good. But the interesting thing about it, to the point about you know the out the whiskey going into the wood, is that partially that is a function of the climate up here. If you're in Kentucky, really? it's a much more temperate climate throughout the year. Yeah. You're going to get your, your cold nights and in the winter, and you're going to get your really hot days during the summer. Sure. But here, the temperature extremes are so dramatic, right? The cold is so cold. Mm-hmm. The hot is so hot up in this this part of the world where only about two weeks justify living up here, <laughs> uh, climatically <laughs> speaking. That up and down swing makes the barrel essentially move i've never even thought about whether playing a role yes and so that means that more of that whiskey is getting pulled into the barrel and what's you know what's a good word for it's like getting evapotranspiration i'll go with that (laughs) (laughs) that was great did you make that up on the spot no that's actually a word evapotranspiration yeah that's actually the angel's share is evapotranspirated like five words in one (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, now you got to explain what the angel share is because not everyone is. Do you even know what the angel nope. share is? Perfect. This is new for me. Okay. So when the whiskey's aging or actually anything's aging in an oak barrel, even wine, it's when the temperature gets so high, some of the alcohol volatilizes and it actually okay. is airborne and yep. you never get it back. So the longer you age a barrel, the more alcohol actually goes to the angel share. Oh, okay. And you end up with less product. So the longer you age it, the less product you get. I've heard the term devil's cut, of course, because... I think yes. that's yeah, used. sure. That depends how you look at it. It's the angel share. We, we're, we're, <laughs> yes, we're, we're, we're more on the optimistic side of that. Okay. But that, you know, to that point, like all of that whiskey that's, that's going through the wood evaporating or evapotranspirating that's when it leaves yeah. that's when it leaves mm-hmm. the stuff that's stuff laid behind you know when it contracts again it's coming back into the barrel and it's infusing that that you know 
Interesting. That, that uh, all the other molecules... It pulls are... out the tannins from the oak wood. And, interestingly enough, those... Though, you know how people will complain if you drink a lot of alcohol, they'll complain about the headaches. Some people will oh, say yeah. that with whiskey, specifically, those tannins and stuff, those are called, I believe, cogeners. And some of that matter is what can potentially make you have You're a headache. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so... We do a, a pretty strict filtering process in our filtering. Not enough to take out the taste, not enough to take out kind of the expression of the oak, but at least with an eye towards... Clarity. Thank you. <laughs> that's exactly right. So that's an 82 proof, you know, 41% alcohol, 100% wheat whiskey. There is more of that wheat on this table, and it's in our bonded bourbon. Bonded bourbon. And... Uh, a bonded bourbon, our weeded bourbon. What a bonded bourbon means is that the alcohol you're looking at was made, it was bottled at 100 proof, okay? Thank you. And it was made at a single distiller or at a single distillery by a single distiller in a single season and uh, essentially has all the guarantees of quality that the federal government has mandated since the 1897 Bottled and Bond Act. So for 125 years now, and it's why we released this quote-unquote anniversary edition, it's 125th anniversary of what is basically one of America's first consumer protection laws. And so what you're about to taste is a 100-proof bourbon, and it's going to be particularly important to utilize the, uh, the tactics we just talked about when it comes to imbibing this whiskey, taking a sip, but making sure that you're doing it in a way that's not going to take those fumes right to the gullet. The old sniff and don't breathe. That's <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark. So little clink here. Yeah. So whereas this one is straight wheat, this one is 51% corn. Yeah. Yep. 51% corn. Thank you very much, Miller Clan. 51% corn, and then I want to say, it was it's, I'd have to look again at the notes, I think it's like 29% uh, wheat, if, I, mm-hmm. if that's correct, mm-hmm. and then the rest of it is barley. So it's... Ooh, that's nice and smooth. Isn't that? <laughs> In fact, I'll tell you what. Um, wow, sh- that's smooth. I, it's amazing, the difference. A lot of times I will not tell people it's 100 proof. I just tell them, you know, use the technique of not breathing in, because if you tell them it's 100 proof, they're like, oh my god, it's going to be terrible. It's but it's straight smooth. Yeah. Isn't that it wild? It's a 50% alcohol whiskey, dude. And that, you can taste the corn. Uh, see, it, it, yeah, it, that's exactly right. Like, now, that's right. So, you know, there's a different, a, almost a different type of sweetness. That's the influence of the corn. Wow. If we were to have a clear glass and you swirled it a little bit, you'd be able to see the corn actually gives it legs. So, you'll be able to see the little... You call them legs of the alcohol come down because oh, yep. the corn has a higher sugar content. Interesting. So I know when we first started emailing, I knew, of course, your name and Evan's name. I didn't realize how many people were involved in New Scotland Spirits like Rebecca. And uh, when I went to look at your website, I'm like, wow, you have uh, you worked with Indian Ladder, Albany Distilling, yeah. um, Schenectady Distilling you were talking about. So like, how did New Scotland come together for you well i mean first of all you've you've identified the number one element of the the project which is that this is a community endeavor i mean 
to be clear, it's called New Scotland Spirits because it is a product of New Scotland. And one of the reasons why we take our, our uh, responsibility of putting out a really good whiskey so seriously is that we want the jurisdiction to be able to be proud of this product, right? I mean, you know, it's we're wearing their name. Yeah. And so the thing is that I've known Rebecca, we, we're all kindergarten through senior year at Voorheesville Central School District, right? We've known each other our whole lives. I think I actually became much more cognizant of uh, Rebecca when I moved to the high school. I was a seventh grader. She was an eighth grader. She was as dreamy back then as she is now. My boy Randy was the one who was able to scoop her up. And Randy, Randy Miller of Lime Kiln Farm, his older brother Albert, they're 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 you know they're the they're the gentlemen, the gentlemen farmers of Lime Kiln Farm. And with Rebecca, they're essentially the backbone of this organization. I mean, I will also say, Rebecca, you play like the most critical piece because of the leadership position you've essentially claimed in both New Scotland Spirits and Limekiln Farm. And she is coming into a company that was started by my friend Patrick Carey and me back in 2016 when I was still in the Army. And we knew that we had all this time left in my military service. Mm -hmm. And so what we were going to do with that, we called up Rebecca and we were like, yo, can we get some green? We're trying to distill some whiskey. And sure enough, what you're tasting right now is a year after that conversation in 2017, when we harvested this grain and began distilling it, that's what's in this glass. And since that time, the company has expanded to take on Evan Dimitriotis, who is my uh, friend from literally the first day of kindergarten. Brian Kafka. Bus Route 6. Bus Route 6. Hi, dude. So Bus Route 6. That's the other. Yeah. Evan, me, Randy, we all grew up on Clip Road, which is where, you know, which is where Rebecca's fields are. So we were coming back to school. We were driving to school past the very fields that we're now leveraging to, you know, to to make these whiskeys. Wow. And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at it, um, you know, Brian Kafka, John Berquist, I've known since I was in nursery school. We do have a, a friend of mine uh, who's a fellow paratrooper at the 82nd Airborne Division. He's he's in the company as well. But at this point, he's like an honorary new guy. He knows so much about the town that, uh, and to say it's nothing of Brian McGregor, our artist. I mean, he's been writing these fresco. Uh, is he the one that did this label and uh, some yep. of the others? Because I was going to comment, I really like the artwork on this. Isn't that dope? It's got a nice classic look to it. It's exactly right. And those are all images from New Scotland. So he's basically studied the imagery of was it? It's the the single malt. That's uh, that's exactly the one I was going to ask about. It has the Albany skyline there with some Celtic uh, kilt wearing. It, it's it's not even yeah. just that it's got the Albany skyline, bro. That's the Albany skyline from from New Scotland. Yeah. If you help, help go up to the Heldebergs, that's what you see. And I think an important piece to keep in mind here is that that's we're New Scotland spirits, and we distill the Heldeberg whiskey. You know, like our, our, <laughs> uh, it's going to, when I look at the audio, there's going to be this big spike. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I can bring that down. That's what I spend most of my time doing is just balancing out sound levels. <laughs> <laughs> just killed you. Yeah, well, that's what, yeah. So all the, the Helderberg line, this is, you know, these are, this is all like, we look at it as kind of our, um, commemoration or celebration of the Hilltowns, man. Like, you know. Those those authentic those authentic farmer and agricultural folks up there and 
I mean, Rebecca, you probably would be able to speak more about this than I can, but I mean, is it fair to say that whiskey is reinventing kind of the purpose or the utility of a farm, a family farm nowadays? I think it can. I don't think that there are very many farms that are innovative enough to jump on that bandwagon. One of the reasons that we were able to provide grain to New Scotland Spirits is because we plant grain anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. So we put it in the ground, we grind it up for feed for the cows after it's combined, and then the rest of the plant goes into straw for bedding. So when Jesse and Pat originally approached us, they were worried about our, you know, risk management and can we front you the capital to plant these grains? And it it was kind of a no-brainer for us because it's already in the ground. If you guys don't take it, we use it for the cattle. So... The thing, but you've taken on a much, like, you are literally a backbone. We, we call her, she's our ops chief, our operations chief. Like, you've, you have really seized onto whiskey as a, as a part of Lime Kiln Farms yeah. value service. You know, like, is that, is that, like, why aren't farms doing that? Well, <laughs> farmers are set in their ways. Farmers do things because... That's how their grandfather did it, and yeah. his grandfather before him. Very and traditional type work. So if that's how we've always done it, that's what we do. So it's really difficult to get farmers to innovate and try to be a little bit more progressive or think outside of the box. Is that because you guys are younger? Like, between you and Randy at this point? No, because Randy's the same way. you're just you pull them you pull them kicking and screaming like i was telling evan the other day um in many parts of the country we're a little bit different in new york but in many other parts of the country being a woman is very difficult in farming because we go to like cattle conferences in denver and kentucky for example and people will talk to my husband and he has no idea about the genetics on the animals or what we're doing, but they don't want to talk to me. Because you're a woman? Because I'm a woman. No. And he's like, oh, well, talk to my wife. My wife does all that stuff. Nobody wants to talk to me. Yeah, but you know, hold, hold up. In fairness to Randy, like, all of your harebrained ideas to include whiskey, he's totally supportive. He I mean, is. He like, is. let's he be has. real. I mean, I, Randy, I'm, if you're listening to this, I hate to give you this credit because you <laughs> stole our girl. But like, no, Randy, Randy, in his, he even called me up a couple days ago. His attitude is basically like, all right, this thing's got legs. Like, what do you need? Yep. And that's really cool. I mean, the thing that makes us able to be New Scotland spirits is the fact that we are tied to uh, essentially a production line that really comes out to earth. You know I mean? Yeah. At the very source, we're grabbing these grain and, and. If we didn't have the Millers and they were willing to do this and weirdly give us the benefit of the doubt, I mean, really economically help us out uh, in pro- providing this grain. And from the very beginning, I, I just don't know that we would have been able to figure out a model that works for us, right? Like, mm-hmm. we have turned this this project into a model that is sustainable. And a lot of it is is coming from the fact that whether you call it the neighbor effect or whether it's the benefit of, of community. I mean, I can't get these people to take money. 
<laughs> and so what has happened, and it's now I realize that's good for business. Well, well we, it's, it's, it's we Re- trade whiskey. Yeah, well, there you know, go. What, what it is is Rebecca. I it's her Machiavellian scheme to get herself integrated in the company since we're basically looking at her as the chief operating officer. She calls the shots, and like here we are. <laughs> Rebecca's world we're just living in it so I know there's no tasted room yet that's coming so where are you actually doing your distilling now yeah great question so you mentioned a little bit earlier I think the first people that 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 warrant a little bit of uh praise and gratitude is the uh folks at the Albany Distilling Company with a particular mention to John Curtin who is just I mean what a class act I've driven by there. I haven't been in there yet. I've been meaning to check it out. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's. He's also got a bar and bottle shop that I think you should look at because he's innovating, man. Like he he's you know he's one of those kind of big vision folks, and and he's had a real impact on the the culture here. We also you know uh, Ryan Van Hall up at thank you, my dear, up up at uh, Upstate Distilling. Uh, thank then you. Then there's you know. Ken Gibbons, we already mentioned, it's connected to Silicon Company, basically our our kind of mentor and ally in all this. There's the Kim Wagner, Steve Osborne down at Stout Ridge Distillery. What we basically have done... Osborne, huh? Yeah, another Osborne. <laughs> Who else? Dieter, Indian Ladder. Oh my God, thank you. I, For what it's worth, I always seem to... It's because Dieter. they're not distilling. That's uh, why. Yes. Yeah. But Indian Ladder Farms, obviously, like... He's what started this. So super nice guy. I did an episode there a while ago with. Oh, you know him. Dieter. Yeah, I've had him on. I've met Scott a couple times. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I ran into Scott at the a concert in Albany last week. <laughs> oh no, kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are you go. Are you going to Farming Man Fest? No, I'm not going to make it to that. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I got to work that. It oh. starts Friday, right? It's Saturday. Saturday. Oh, it Saturday. Saturday. Come to the bonfire on Saturday. Yeah, you got it, dude. I mean, in fact, I don't know when this is coming out, so I think we can say it. Let's just say that New Scotland Spirits is about to put itself on the friggin' map. Ooh. Either, either because it's going to be an amazing show, or because about six or seven fire departments from all over capital, <laughs> the capital district are going to be re- responding. So that's a it's little. It's going to be that's amazing. That's a little teaser. That's a high bar to set right there. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Uh, so oh, in the so meantime, what have we got? This, this is, right here. this is our Heldeberg straight rye whiskey. And the cool thing about this straight rye whiskey, it's a 75% rye grain bill, 10% corn, the rest being barley. And the cool thing about it, because it's, you know, my favorite type of whiskey is rye. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a more floral smell. The scent is going to be a little bit more of a, you know, kind of flowery or, Almost natural kind of, yeah, kind of, yeah, you know, yeah, like savory, a, yeah, a more savory experience on the nostrils, and then when you take a sip, this is where you're going to get more of the spice of a rye, okay. right? The spice of the rye as a grain, you get a slightly more peppery taste, and to just kind of give you a a little bit of a, we're going to orient you within where we've been. We started off with our wheat whiskey, sweet, hmm. then we went. To our bourbon, we say that that's strong, right, with 100 proof. Then... Smooth was the... Yeah, yeah, she goes with smooth. Then we come to the rye and you get the spice. This is more spicy. This is a little... Yeah, smooth and spicy. This one's smooth, pretty smooth, too. That's my favorite. And then uh, we're going to finish this off with... Because you mentioned Dieter. uh, We're going to finish this off with a single malt that is distilled from 
100% barley. This right here is the only grain that we're not grabbing from Limekiln Farm. We get this from Indian Ladder Farms. But stay tuned, everybody, because it looks like, so far, fingers crossed, Limekiln Farm has their very first crop of barley in the ground. Ooh. It's come up. So far, it's, it's like really dry, right? Is that what's going on? Yeah, so there's a, it's dry, and so we're just hoping like we need some rain. Yeah, Rebecca gets on the we have our ops chat. She's like, I need everyone like the, the assignment pray right now. Pray for rain. Pray you for know what's rain. funny? I've been doing that myself, praying for rain, but for much different reasons. As in, um, a couple months ago, there was some water that came in my basement, and I found some cracks on the wall, which led to me having to get French drains put in. Oh, oh man! And uh, we haven't had a oh yeah. <laughs> she makes the money simple uh we haven't had a bad storm since and i've had the drains put in and one guy come in and seal up all the cracks in the one corner and it's barely freaking rained i'm like come on yeah i need, I need a strong ass storm to know that everything that everything fine. worked like i want i want to put the insulation back up i want to not see the wall anymore. that's right so i'm Praying for rain too, right. but i'm not well, good barley. now you're on our team pray yes. for rain how long does it take to bring in a new crop um, so the barley we planted in May, um, depending on the length of day barley you plant, there's there's different lengths, but um, usually like end of August, September, depending on how tall it gets, it'll dry out. The little barley heads will kind of curl over. Mm-hmm. We pray for no fungus. And then we go in with the combine, clip off all the grains, let the straw dry and send it off to the lab to see... No, wow. What they say. Interesting. <laughs> wow. I mean, you the degree of modesty and humility that goes into <laughs> what she just said. So here's something to keep in mind. The number of times that we'll be texting Rebecca and she'll be like, hey, I need to get back home. I'm on the tractor right now. Or she's, you know, what were you, you were doing? Hay bales today? Yeah, like picking up round bales today. Yeah, pretty, like she's out there. I mean, the, 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 the labor that farming requires... For the payoff, oh yeah, which is just—I mean—you are at the mercy of the economy, the climate. I mean, and when you guys are doing your planting, sometimes the hours that they talk that they work don't make sense. Like, I think Randy was up one night, one morning at four, and then he was up till four. Yep. Right. Like it's just th- their day. When you're talking about like a, I always have this sense of like, all right, and it's a farm, so they get up when the rooster crows, and then they go to bed when it's dark. It's like nope. No, that rooster, by the time the rooster is up there making making noise, like, they've been out in the field for two hours already. And then, like, they're sleeping for maybe an hour before they got to do it again. It's, it's, she's shaking her head. You know, Farming's like tough. I, yeah, dude. I mean, I've never farmed myself other than my tiny garden in the back, but I've seen enough and have learned enough to know I don't think I could hack it. <laughs> well, the fun part about that is we all have full-time jobs, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. That does make it more fun. So, yeah. Yeah, but you chose this. You wanted this life. I mean, didn't you Farming, actively... Farming is the fun part. Like, my full-time job is is okay. Right. But farming is the fun part. Even despite the labor. Yeah. it's Well, it's, I mean, everybody is this cliche. It's a labor of love. But it really is. I mean, it, there's something very, very rewarding about taking care of whether it be an animal or a crop from... It's very inception as a seed all the way through to to this. No, I get it. I'm with you. A product. I, I'm with you, and I'm able to look at it romantically like that, but that's because I'm also not doing it. 
I mean, like, <laughs> do you would you want your would you want your sons like is your is your hope that they're going to keep tilling those? Fields? I hope that at least one of them, since we now have two historical properties, <laughs> hopefully at least one of them wants to stick around. What, what do you mean? Oh, because the, we have David the, Allen the, house, right? Too. The house they bought this house. It's actually in some of our our marketing materials now. This beautiful house. When was that built? Seventeen sixty something was the earliest uh, deed recorded, and that was Stephen Van Rensler. So he was a tenant farmer. Wow. It's. Okay. It, I mean, it's a cool look. The legacy, the legacy out there in New Scotland. It's just. She on a on a micro as on a like a micro level, you're taking care, you're a steward of that property. I think I'm taking a slightly larger scope and I'm saying that I want to do that for the town of New Scotland. Right? Like I wanna I wanna do that for the town of New Scotland where it's like we're also trying to, you know, maintain the integrity of the historical legacy of that entire community. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I keep saying it's like we don't want to lose another acre. To development, to you know, clearing yeah. the the woods and the fields right now, that's that's gold. And I got to be honest, this thing's not going to keep the, the wheels in this country are not going to stay on forever. When that dystopian inevitability actually happens, <laughs> like you're going to want some fields that are ready to be tilled. And uh, you look at New Scotland spirits; we're just keeping them, we're keeping them lush and uh, healthy until we need to use the grain for food as opposed to, you know, just tip it back and get a little tipsy. Sadly, that might not be far, <laughs> far off. Well, come over to Clip Road. Come over to Clip Road, bro. <laughs> so what actually got you interested in distilling? It's a great question. So you mentioned, did you start doing it while you were in the army? Nope. Pat Carey, however. Okay. Right. My boy from, you know, so I knew, knew it was his first grade. He was a home brewer and he's brilliant dude i mean knows knows chemistry knows math kind of has a real appreciation for how numbers and scientific processes manifest in the world which is why he's a friggin' engineer i mean mm-hmm. that's you know that's those all those nerds they love that shit <laughs> you know what i mean and so the thing is don't what? say i'm not saying it pejoratively that's a nerd dude he's turned his oh i love, mean i'm a nerd uh, look I'm the nerd. nerdiest thing i owns on the wall right there that's a replica lord of the Rings sword uh stain the one that frodo carries around that he got from bilbo there you go and listen with the passion and expertise you're the it's one that's pointy i could stab someone with that yeah rebecca you're the one that's making nerds sound like it's pejorative i was saying that with all sorts of claim <laughs> I am a nerd. exactly oh trust me you were a farming nerd that is for sure so pat was a home brewer and knew the the chemistry behind distilling whatever. And I'm out there. The it was the day after New Year's, 2016, and I'd gone out to visit him. And we're sitting on this mountainside where he had in California, and we start talking about like, you know, how cool would it be to make a beer or a whiskey out of grains on the that 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 were harvested from the very fields on which we grew up, mm-hmm. on which we used to have fucking keggers, you know, like back in the day when underage drinking had a certain <laughs> pizzazz to it. And, and uh, we suddenly realized, as I was thinking about New Scotland, I was like, wait a second, we got a fucking great brand positioning. Because if a whiskey from Scotland is called Scotch, then a whiskey from New Scotland is going to be called... New Scotch. Bam! Which, and sure enough, 
I was I was gonna say I came across an article that sounded like he had a little bit of a battle. Yeah, for, bro. We ended up getting <laughs> we ended name. up getting getting sued by the Scotch Whiskey Association. And all I'm gonna say is that I've never had more fun in my life. So I'm an attorney by trade, and it was like <laughs> bring this shit on. And uh, we, you know, after three years of a legal battle, we finally got a settlement where we don't call it new scotch, and we had not intended to do that. It's not scotch. It's a rye whiskey, it's a bourbon, it's a wheat whiskey. We weren't going to try to confuse people. We want them mm-hmm. to know that we are an American spirit with a new Scottish soul from the town of New Scotland. And so what we got to do is call ourselves New Scotland Spirits. They essentially said, all right, we're going to let you go to get away with that. So we signed this agreement. We pretty much got what we wanted, got what we needed. And that's an interesting segue to our final whiskey, too. Because what you're about to taste is what is our flagship, an inadvertently limited edition because Ooh. of the barley collapse. But all that, all that in that that's in there. This is going to be the thing that tastes closest to a scotch. Okay. It's called a single malt. What that essentially means in the American parlance or the popular imagination is that that whiskey, a hundred percent barley. It's going to have a smokier sensibility to it. I can already tell in the smell. And the reason is that unlike a scotch, which uses the peat that heats the mash, Mm -hmm. that's where it gets this like smoky flavor. What we do is we get that smoke from the barrel. We get that smoke from the char of the inside of the barrel and you can kind of taste it. But you still have a little bit of the sweetness because when we burn the shit out of the inside of that barrel, again caramelizes the starches into sugars and so it's still getting that you know that sweet infusion from the barrel into the whiskey i think that went down the easiest that right now there's i would say that that's that is our best seller it's hard to say whether it's because people like it the most or because they all know that it's it's limited i mean have you what do they say like when people buy that are they doing it on taste or are they doing it on just the story they're doing on well it depends people love the taste but i get a lot of um Interestingly enough, women are better tasters because we have um, more taste buds than men. Is that true? It is. It's scientifically I would believe true. it even if that wasn't the case. <laughs> it wasn't the case. <laughs> I don't know if it's per square inch or it's just total. So don't quote me on that. Okay. But anyway, so women are better tasters. But a lot of women that try this will tell me that they taste like peas or alfalfa. Or alfalfa. Grass. I've said that. I've said the exact same shit. And that's from the barley. So I think people like the flavor of that because it's green and bright and reminds you of summer if you said to me though like which one of these am i am i taking i probably if i'm like gonna smoke a cigar i'll probably grab this other than that that's probably not the one i'm that's probably the one i'm taking last not because i don't like it but because it is like i mean it's almost like that to me is it's it's so own thing it's like i want to drink i'm drinking I'm committing to drink a single malt. I'm committing to the smoke. I'm committing to that. You know, it's it feel, to me, it feels like the cousin of the other three. I agree. That's a really well, that's a good way. That's a good <laughs> yeah, way of they all it. live in their own family. And this one is exactly. It's a good way of saying it. And, and so look, I, don't get me wrong. If people are like, yo, we want, there's this one dude, the guy the, so the right now, the president of the new Scotland historical association, that's the shit that he loves. Really? Shout out to Alan and the new Scotland historical <laughs> association. That's what he loves, and but he's a Scotch guy, and so if you're a Scotch guy, there's no question that's what you're going to take. And we've even had people at we had a guy from Scotland, yeah, buy it. from really? like yes. Scots, legit Scots, 
will come and they'll say, oh, my God, I'm bringing this shit back because they want to show an American's interpretation of a scotch. Mm-hmm. They want to share that. But, like, I mean, scotch drinkers are... Scotch drinkers are their own they're entity. Yeah, they're like part of a cult. It is weird if you find someone that's really into it. I'm like, this... Oh, they're really into it. Oh, my God. Like Only because, I mean, I'm not, like I said, I, I don't drink a lot of liquor in general. Mostly beer and wine, so... When I hear someone going off about different types of scotches, I'm like, okay, sure. take your word for it. Oh, dude, they get they get they get into yes. the regions, the years, like you know the what I say? It's actually very close to wine enthusiasts. It is. What do you call them? Is it winos? Winos. Yeah. It is the yeah. That does seem like kind of the same thing. Like even with um, I mean, I don't have a great taste bud variety probably anyway. Even with the beers I drink, I like I know certain types and different kinds of like. That's why I sit there and drink and let the people talk about their beers. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part of doing this. But like, if, if you if you hear someone talk about bourbon and they're giving you years and it's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like you you might you might You're like fine. you might like and pretty much anything but politics. <laughs> okay, I'm like crap. Can we it's swear? It's a podcast. It's only been yeah. regulated by the FCC. We we're we we're we're very familiar with government regulation, whether it's the New York State Liquor Authority or the Tax and Trade Bureau, blah 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 blah. Like federal and state, they are all up in this. But fortunately, uh, as far as I know, podcasting has not yet been brought nope. under the purview okay. of the FCC. No. When uh, what kind of law are you into? It, it's this? a it's a pretty broad base. Okay. My it's it's my my dad's law firm. I'm one of those obnoxiously silver spoon pieces of shit that never had to put a resume together. And I waltzed right out of the army into daddy's law firm. And so now I'm doing, it's like energy law, environmental law, and then a whole slew of other shit. You know, it's like I got deep into cannabis. Really? You're try, if you're trying to set up a dispensary, I'm your man. All right. Like I'm, and trust me, I'm, I'm very ambivalent about it because with the onslaught of cannabis enthusiasm, I mean, let's just say that I'm trying to get people addicted to my alcohol <laughs> as opposed to watching them walk to a, a different controlled substance. Yes. But yes, yeah, so that's that's what I that's what I do now. That's funny because um, I've been working at where I work now for like 12 years. But before that, for six months, I worked at a law firm in Albany, Whiteman, Osterman. Yeah, and right. I worked there for six months. Oh, bet. General, just kind of run around, do, as I almost knock over my glass. Uh, do whatever they want. You know, I was dropping off court papers, which it was actually great when the weather was nice. They send me out all around Albany to drop off stuff. I'd make a stop at a bar or something like that. <laughs> nice. I got time. Yeah. But uh, is that, I mean, so I, that really helped with the name battle then. <laughs> oh, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, listen, I'll even, one, one thing I would say for people that are interested in this, I wouldn't get in the game unless you have a farmer and an attorney. Straight up. I mean, so that's the kind of advice you want to give people now if they say look if you if you want to be if you want to get into the distilling game get yourself a farmer get yourself a lawyer because what you're going to what you're going to find out man is that god it is such a minefield of regulations when it comes to alcohol not because they're trying to regulate the safety of the product but because the government's trying to get theirs and I'm I, and look I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers I get it but Rebecca and I actually had this conversation recently where it was like, you want to know something? You want to know how I'm a legit patriot? Because the amount of money that we are giving to municipal, state, and federal governments <laughs> from operating this business, like, goodness gracious. Thanks to everyone. When you drink, when you drink some of our New Scotland spirits, 
you are investing in your country. Well, and that's got to be that's going to be on our t-shirts. Is um, <laughs> distilling's even more regulated than just a brewery, right? Oh fuck yeah. yeah! So there's even more hurdles to jump through. Absolutely, yeah. and in part, the it's it's more regulated in the reporting aspect of it. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, dude, we we have to. We are constantly filing the forms detailing how, where, why we're moving our alcohol. You know, if you think about it, we're paying, obviously, we're collecting the sales tax, right? State sales tax. Mm -hmm. We're paying our income taxes. We got state and federal excise taxes. I mean, we're taxed at almost every every single stage here. Jeez. Arguably, the only place that we're not taxed. Are you guys taxed? Really? I thought I was going to say that you guys are not taxed. Are you? You get heavily taxed. Really? Why do they want to tax you guys? You're like you're like salt of the earth. We can't do anything about it. Yeah. Wow. I'll tell you, your life. I can't. You guys have signed up for a hard life. There's look at this. She's girl smiling. She's I mean, there's so much about farming that people that don't do it don't know. And I, I mean, I've just seen the work, but I can't. All the uh, yeah, the bureaucracy. There's even bureaucracy there. Chris, I'm going to tell you right now, there are going to be people who are listening to this podcast who do not know that whiskey comes from cereal grain. I didn't. Cereal grain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like... Okay, you got me now. Rye, oats. oats. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, like, the same oats that you have for oatmeal. Yeah. It's a good thing you can't get drunk off cereal. <laughs> you could. Well, you can. You well, okay, could. You're doing it right now. I mean, when I... Eat it in a bowl with my milk. <laughs> it, dep- it honestly depends how you prepare it. I guess well, if I if I pour this bourbon it. over it. <laughs> yeah, that, we, we, that's actually really interesting, though. We and you should point that out. Like, there's different. You can you can distill alcohol out of virtually anything. I could distill it out of Rebecca's shoe right now, but <laughs> but it's not going to taste great. And the thing is that when when whiskey, it's so he- even whiskey is regulated in the code of federal regulations. It has to be from a cereal grain, so you couldn't oh, wow. make a whiskey. From a tomato, you could make a vodka from a tomato. Yeah, but a whiskey is going to only be. No one really uses oats, although I actually have had an oat whiskey. But a rye, a corn, barley—those are your big ones. There's In rice. Japan, the rice is Dude. very good. Yeah, you like that? Doesn't surprise me. I do. Me. It's very. It's whiny. Yeah, Ooh. I don't know. Well, it's that, not I mean, American, that's, but we I mean, can't that's grow That's one rice. of their biggest crops, though. We can't go. We can't grow rice here. Really? You need wetland. Rice patties. Rice patties, yeah, I heard of that. It's literally just like stairs of mm-hmm. water and the rice yeah. in it, right? Yeah, so when I, when we were profiling you, I was trying to think of what we could bring you. I'm like, you know, he's an IPA drinker. So he likes hops. So I was thinking the bourbon. Yeah. That was delicious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, see, here, here's the problem, Rebecca. Like, the problem is if we don't start educating people about rye, their taste buds are going to be naturally predisposed to bourbon, you know? And like right now we've got three different bourbon lines. All right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's because people love bourbon, but it's New York. Like I'm really, I'm so, I'm so adamant about this that like, (laughs) I want people to start developing a taste for the native grain, man. Like rye whiskey is New York's legacy. What, how big of a, is there a big difference when you go to distill each types of these in the actual process? Process? No. No. Or is it really just an ingredients? Mash bills are a huge difference, right? The mash bill being the grain that that is ultimately going to, you know, essentially be fermented before distilling. Mm -hmm. But the process itself is, 
for what it's worth. I'm not taking anything away from all these talented distillers in the area, but that's why the story isn't the distillery. When you got people talking about going on a distillery tour, it's like, all right, you're looking at a manufacturing plant. That's straight, but what? But like, what about the farm? Yeah. The process starts the morning a farmer is like, time to, is it the word sow? Sow the fields? What is it? Toy? What is it? We what plant. Is, plant. Plant. <laughs> I would have said so. Or seed. Time so, to sow right? the fields. Right? S-E-W, right? What, where did I get that from? The point is, is that it starts early at the farmer stage, man. And like that's what makes the... The whiskey, in my view, that's what gives it its signature is that, that that story about the grain. Not even the story, though. Like the actual process. I mean, we're unique in New Scotland in that we live on that lime bed. So, yeah. what do you topographically, geographically? I don't yeah. know what you want to call it, but um, New Scotland has a large lime deposit. Really? So we're on, hence Lime Kiln Farm. Mm-hmm. We actually have a lime kiln that they used to use to make cement for like the Erie Canal. But Oh, wow. The lime in the soil actually filters the rainwater and takes the acid out of the rain. That's why we have caves. But that's also what makes the grains taste so good because it's this filtered, pure water. Yeah. Interesting. So... That's, to me, yeah. that's where you get that unique flavor, no matter what the grain is, because it's good. It's you know when you when your inputs are good, your outputs are good, and that's why I think you know it's like it's very cool the process. I guess you know, and, and Pat would, I bet you Pat would completely disagree I, because yes, he, he loves the machinery and, and the all, chemistry. Dude, he's probably he'd be like, shut the fuck up, you guys. It's like what's cool is the distillery, but I just think for because. For me, for someone who, who doesn't understand all the science and the math, mm-hmm. I think I'm just but so... But there is that, like, ghost in the machine. There is that terroir. There, you have that with wine. I mean, no matter the chemical process, there is just that innate flavor that yeah. you can't explain through chemistry. That's Yeah, that is very true. So, like, you just tasted four different spirits, right? Yeah. All these came from barrels, same barrels provided from Adirondack Cooperage. They've okay. all been aged for five years. But the difference in the taste, the fundamental difference in the taste, comes from the grain. I mean, that's what's wild. This was bourbon. This was wheat. This was rye. That was a single malt made out of barley. Like, that difference in the taste comes from the grain. So, when you've got your fermenting mash mm-hmm. and then you heat it, the alcohol is essentially evaporated out before the water because it has a lower boiling point and then it goes up as a you know gas and then cools and becomes back in liquid form it is still maintaining the influence of the flavor of that grain and so in my view it's like thank you pat and all your fellow nerds like it's really cool that you do this you're obviously the the ones who developed this entire technology and the science behind making it but remember that what you're still capturing that spirit of the spirit is our home, our terroir, the terroir of, of New Scotland and Albany County. You know, like when you taste our Heldeberg whiskeys, like you're tasting the fucking Heldebergs. I just, I mean, I just think that is so cool. That is, that's, it's really cool to hear that and know that actually. It's just everything's from right there. It's really impressive. Uh, we're cl- coming up on an hour, but I'd love to hear about the, fu- how Lime Kiln Farm, the real one. The only one that matters. <laughs> That's right. That's right. 
tell me about the farm and how you get ended up there it's a was uh, it a family thing so it is it's my husband's family okay. farm um they've been there for five generations i married into it um i actually was a for i'm a retired horse girl so these guys all used to come watch me ride horses when we were like 16 <laughs> <laughs> and uh but, so my husband converted me from a horse girl into a a cattle girl but i had a little bit of learning to do mm-hmm. he used to tell me like when we plant corn and it would be time to pick the corn so well how do we do that and he's like oh we take a satchel everybody picks a row and you go up and i'm like jesus christ we got to get going because like that's a lot of years to pick it, it really isn't because there's a machine that does that no. but i'm gullible um <laughs> i mean i would be too in that situation <laughs> i'm like okay let's get the satchel let's go but they i mean they've been doing it for five generations and it really is kind of like this legacy of love because you just for better or for worse, I mean, some days you hate it. Some days it's the worst thing in the world, and I swear up and down. But it's really fun to see a new calf born or to watch the barley that we so desperately want to grow, like, grow and thrive and become something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, every day is a new day, and every day is full of surprises. And- and you may, you can get frustrated with them and you can talk a lot of shit, but the thing is, t- like, the way farmers love one another. Yes. I mean, I've I've gotten, thanks to Rebecca and Randy and Albert and pulling us into it, I've gotten to meet farmers. The way these guys support one another, like, that community, yep. it's intoxicating, dude. They have their own language. It's like anything, but but with farmers specifically, like, Maybe because you guys know what the toil is like, they are, I mean. They give you the shirt off their back. Yeah, they really do. And it's one of the reasons why we we changed our strategy, our commercial strategy, to hit the hill towns first mm-hmm. and get us entrenched among those communities. Because it was like, those are the people that made this possible. And, and that's amazing support to have, I'm sure. It really is. Uh, there's no tasting room yet. That's coming, I believe. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Coming so soon. where can people find these fine spirits of yours? So the first thing I'm going to say, we're going to do it at our farmer's markets. <laughs> you want to come You want to come and see uh, Rebecca at the Empire State Plaza every Wednesday. She does the farmer's market. And then there's Evan, who does the farmer's market up at Queeman's and Westerlow. Then my boy Kafka, who's doing the farmer's market in Del Mar. You can catch me at Washington Park in Albany and at Gilderland with all our little crew. We, we are in Voorheesville Wine and Liquor. We're in Colvin Wine Merchants, Wine and Spirits of Slingerlands, Upstate uh, Wine and Liquor. Uh, we're going to be in Del Mar Laviano. soon. Laviano. My boy Chris Laviano's. We're, dude, <laughs> we're, we're in a lot of spaces. And you can find it if you go to our Indian website. Ladder. Indian Ladder. What is it? It's, Every, it's, he said that before oh too. My that, God. That's what he forgets. Indian Ladder. You got to go to Indian Ladder. Do I, do I need to block, like, put a big beep over that or something so they don't hear that? No, you know what? <laughs> I want them to know that I recognize the mistake and I'm trying to learn from it. I love you, Indian Ladder. Thank you for everything you've done. That's where you can find us. If you if you will go to the other thing that we like doing is if you'll go to to our website, newscotlandspirits.com, or you follow us on Facebook. We get people all the time being like, Ayo, you got to get our shit, your shit up to our favorite liquor store, which is why we're going to be in Southgate Wine and Liquor in Ravina, 
because we got people who were like, yo, you need to be here right now. And so what we've done is we let the community tell us where to go. You reach out to us, you tell us where you want to be. That becomes literally, you should see our, our sales network. Like that's where we start sending our, our buddies and we're saying, all right, we got to be here because this is where people want us. And, and, and I'm telling you, man, like the way the community has opened its arms, it's the coolest thing I've ever gotten to be a part of. And I'm just so incredibly grateful that, that they put their trust in this product. That's awesome. Are you guys cooking up anything else that uh, people might be unaware of? Might have coming? Answers. That you can share? Answers, yes. yes, but I don't okay. think. Okay. You know what? Here, how about this? We'll just say, come out if this gets out in time. The 19th <laughs> of July, come to Northern Barrel Brewing. You want to check out our instructed tasting. We'll see you there. It'll be a friend. I, I mean, I'm lazy, but I think I can get this edited and posted within two weeks. Boom. Yes. <laughs> So I think that's going to do it. That was a successful tasting for me. I'm feeling pretty good. Yay! <laughs> did you like it? I did. I was impressed. Each one of those got smoother and smoother. That's why we do it that way. <laughs> so that was a good, nice layout. It was a method to the madness. Thank you so much for having us. I really thank appreciate you, thank it. Thank you. Thank you. So that was another successful edition of Stories from a Bar. Big thank you, Jesse and Rebecca. I can't, again, thank you for coming here and bringing me booze. Thank you that's for having us. Very excited. A year and a half in the making. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to hang out, have drinks, eat some pizza. That was delicious to me. Thank you. Thank you for the pizza. Um, If you're not doing it already and you're listening to the podcast, follow all the social medias for New Scotland Spirits and Lime Kiln. 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 (laughs) K-I-L-N. I'm reading too fast. (laughs) New Scotland Spirits, Lime Kiln Farms to keep tabs on everything going on where you can find these guys slinging their booze at farmers markets and where they'll be. Anything else you want to throw in there? NewScotlandSpirits.com, of course. Can you buy directly through the website? You can. You're going to pay a pretty penny. I wouldn't recommend it, but if you got to get your hands on it, the website's available for you. But it does come nicely packaged. It does. Straight from me and Rebecca. So you're paying for the care. That's right. And it comes we, with love. And, right. We also, we, we, we lick it too. We lick the boxes <laughs> all over. So you get that as well. No, now we can't gotta, commit a crime. Gotta make, gotta <laughs> make sure they're sealed. <laughs> gotta make sure it's sealed. A huge thank you out there for everyone for checking out the show. You can, of course, follow Stories from a Bar on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stories FAB to keep up with everything going on with the show and what's coming up. Uh, you'll find Stories from a Bar on all major podcast platforms, so be sure to like and subscribe, and even more importantly, leave fantastic reviews and share the hell out of it. So until next time, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.